something a smidgen different than we normally do. God called an audible last night around 11 o'clock on Pastor Drew, and so we're going to share a few things today together. But baptisms are one of the favorite things that we do at Lift Church because what it is, it, it, it is showing an outward expression that these people have chosen to get saved and walk the life of Jesus, and they want to give a testimony and a shout to Jesus in front of y'all and testify of what the Lord has done. Did y'all know that we have had year to day, year to date today, 249 salvations at Lift Church. 249 people have given their life to Jesus, their heart to Jesus, and they're ready to uh, make this thing happen. So we get excited about baptism because that's what that means. So we had, um, you know, we have small groups all over the church. We have amazing small groups. One of the small groups we have is called our Freedom Group. And we actually had three different Freedom Groups this semester. And it's where people come. After you get saved, a lot of people will do this small group. And then just some people that have just gone on a journey and they need some freedom in their life. Freedom from addiction, freedom from shame, freedom from rejection, freedom from abuse, all those types of things. So Pastor Drew, can you turn around and show us Freedom Group? So you might see a few people in, in um, sweatshirts. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful. Uh, or even some t-shirts. I don't even think they realized I was flexing. That's how low Whoa. the applause was. It's like, there ain't nothing there, Pastor that We need to pull the shirt a little tighter and then you can okay. try it. No. Yeah. Um, so it's, we have. It's so tight in there. Oh, my gosh. Maybe you need to have a seat. <laughs> Lower the ego. I'm just kidding. He does not have an ego. Do you? No, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we had a lot of us attend the Freedom Conference. You saw a few t-shirts up here. We had a few at our first experience, too. But if you were at Freedom Conference, raise your hand. Let me see you. Wave at me. Holla. Uh, we have about 50 people at our conference, and we did it at the Annex. And what happens is these um, people in our small group have gone through a journey of freedom. How many weeks was it? 11? 13. 13. 13 weeks, and, and we dealt with some serious stuff, some deep issues, some generational things, soul ties, all of those things. And then we celebrated on Friday and Saturday where we walked with them through the different things that they experienced through freedom. And we prayed with them. We laid hands on them. I know for me, I spoke about soul ties and breaking those things of relationships and emotional soul ties that we've had in the past. And so we had a lot of freedom, a lot of freedom. After Some of those things you know you need freedom from, and then some of them you realize the Holy Spirit's showing. Right. I did not realize the baggage I was carrying. Yeah, around. we had one, one um, lady, she told me she came up for prayer for the um, abuse, but it was, it was pastoral abuse. And she came and she said, I didn't even realize that I was carrying that. And that's the reason that I don't serve at Lift Church because of a past hurt and abuse that happened. And so today she's like, or yesterday she texted me, she's like, or no, we talked. And she said, I am start going to start serving at Lift Church. So she got free sitting Somebody at a freedom, freedom conference. It was really powerful. Um, and then a lot of people just said that they just feel weightless. So basically what we did is pray for them. We pray away the shame. We pray
pray away the rejection, and then we fill them with the Spirit of God. And we just say, here's Jesus. Here you go. Have time. Have a moment with the Lord. And, and just get filled back you, up. You don't empty something out. You don't right. empty a house or a vessel without filling right. it up with something stronger. And we all weren't strong enough to keep ourselves from sin. So the Holy Spirit is that empowering strength that we all need to come in and fight our battles and help us be victorious through us. Amen. So, hey, listen, she might have said this already as I was coming from the baptismal, but we're excited that we got the, this Freedom Conference was the first time we got to host it here, and we believe it's going to be the first of many. And so um, they have pictures right now, like, for instance, this is the, the list of things that people brought to the cross. List and of they, people abused, that abused them. There was some serious stuff in our, in our just at that conference of people that were abused and rejected deep stuff and we were able to walk walk them through that come on and when you get that kind of freedom just imagine the weapon that you become in the kingdom of god and how you're unleashed from the bondage that the enemy tries to hold over you i love this can we give it up for our team right here show that next picture listen it was uh th look the room was full and that's why we need a church building that's a little bit larger and then show this give it up for our team I thought the team picture was next. The team picture is right here. Come on. Yo, give it up. These are prayer people, intercessors, hosts, um, um, just uh, band and worship. And our and daughter media. right there in the middle, she got to play for the first time at conference. It was so exciting to watch something that God's done in our own personal life. So we're excited about that. And when we sow, today is Legacy Sunday. And so if you're new to us, that just simply means once a year, we decide to give above and beyond our typical tithes or offerings, our, our usual generosity, because we want to sow into what we believe God's heartbeat is and the vision he's called us to. And so when we give today, um, this is one of the things we're doing is we're sowing into more baptisms like that. We're sowing into more freedoms and deliverance like that. Here's some other things we're excited about that we wanted to share with you we're sowing into just so that you could see that God's on the move. He's active and he's touching people's lives. Um, just a, a, about three weeks ago, we have a an accredited theological college called Lift College. And it is um, one of the only theological colleges that you can start your degree with us. You can earn a associate's major uh, major associates bachelor's or master's degree through lift college and it transfers all of your credits whether you want to continue your education at salisbury university duke university harvard university or any university these credits directly transfer because it's tied to southeastern university in lakeland florida and so we have uh, a site college right here and um uh, 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 uh a few, Pastor JT and a few of our students went over to an open invitation at Holly Grove Christian School um, about three weeks ago, and they gave a presentation. Not only Pastor Jordy, who was rocking the keyboard today, he preached just a message. Pastor Jordy. Come on. Oh, you, I did I? You did. The brother's called for pastoring, okay? <laughs> He's called for ministry. Everybody's like, we're not surprised, okay? And so um, he shared a message called Prepared for Impact, and which blessed their life, but also told them if they want to take their next step, this is where you can do it on the Eastern Shore. Listen, 20 people signed up that they were interested in the college, three of which said they felt they had a call of ministry on their life. Come on. I believe that's incredible that we'll get to so into the 
students because if the harvest is great and the workers are few, then we need to raise up some five-star next-generation leaders. Can I get an amen? Come on, God's house is worth it, and I believe he's calling some of the best. In fact, um, Lily over here, I'm shouting her out today. She just enrolled for Live College, and she was singing right here this morning, leading us in worship. She's going to be pursuing a ministry degree uh, that's uh, uh, tailored towards media and visual arts. And I'm telling you, there's no more powerful communicators today than those who get their hands on media. They say a picture is worth a thousand words until a theolog uh, until a sociological study uh, and psychological study came out that a picture is actually worth a million words because when you see it all it takes is one picture one video and all of a sudden you're like I got it I'm with it that's what I want to run with so can we give it up for Lily and all of our other students will be sewing into hey, with what, this what do we offer what, what kind of yes. degrees do so we you offer? can start. You can earn associates in gen eds. Um, you can own, earn a bachelor's in ministry degrees as well as uh, business. And then also we have a few people working on their master's degree in ministerial leadership. So if you want to start and just get a baseline theological paradigm as you do your gen eds and then transfer to another college that has the degree you want to, you can do that as well. Now, that way you can make an impact today because our, our students get to be get hands-on with a lot of things, sit in our leadership development uh, weekly sessions, and they're making a difference today. So get, uh, we have students right now running the switcher operator, so everybody at home should give a shout-out right now. We get, They're in the band. They're leading. They're, they're active in so many areas of our ministry, and we are appreciative of them. But also when we give, it doesn't just bless our church, it doesn't just bless our local area through the college. We also always sow at least 10% into missions. And so that means local, national, and global missions. We are on pace to give in over $43,000 this year into advancing the kingdom of God beyond our own church walls. Come on. And so um, I I'm just really excited because here, show this next slide. When we give, your regular giving is impacting this. We have helped to launch 63 new churches this year. And when we say new churches, they're like-minded churches like ours where at least 30 people are giving their life to Christ on average on their launch day alone. So you start multiplying 63 times 30 and you start realizing heaven's getting bigger. And come on, the, the, the gospel's advancing. They're even starting to launch uh, global churches. And so our partnership has launched 52 churches in America this year and 11 churches globally. Here's what I love. Those 52 churches, many of them are in strategically low evangelized areas of our nation, like the Northeast. Come on. We've sown into churches being built in Maine and, and New Hampshire, as well as over in Montana. So come on. The kingdom is bright, and God's doing some great things. And we also always have a heart for missions because Jesus said not just to sit on the gift that you've been given, but to go out into all the world and preach the good news in Judea, Samaria 
Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so we always like partnering with global missions. We partner with um, uh, the missionaries here from Haiti, Bev, and Tom Brumley, who's been doing it for so long. We also have started a, a strategic partnership in Port Loyola, Belize, in right outside of Belize City. We'll be sending our first missions team out from our church this February. Come on, it's exciting. We tried to send a few to Haiti, and we can't get in yet, but we will when the time can. But we are partnering with them, and um, we recently got to go. I want you to see the impact that's being made in Belize, and we are a part of doing that just by giving and going. Check this out. Recently, in one of our communities in Belize, some teenage boys were enjoying a game of football. They're out there playing, and one of our leaders is out there with them, and just having a good day and uh, a boy from a gang decides he's going to come over and start harassing the, the boys that are playing football and ends up just being a bully and make, a conflict breaks out so our leader he realizes hey I got to do something about this I got to go break this up and on his way over he's you know the thoughts going through his mind if you've ever broken up a fight you you know the thoughts rush through your head and he's thinking how do I do this in a way that's that is right how do I do it right how do I how do I do this? And this is a kid from a gang. Who knows what this, where this goes? Uh, so there's a little adrenaline in there. But he said he felt a check from the Holy Spirit as he's walking up. And uh, he's decided instead of going in and scolding all these kids and getting, you know, just getting violent and just getting aggressive with it, he said he just grabbed the kid from the gang and gave him a hug. Just embraced him and told him, I love you. Those were the words that kid needed to hear in that moment. The Holy Spirit's always right. He gave him the words to say. And a few weeks later, that leader was at the care point running things and looked around and he saw this kid from the gang was at the care point. So he went over and welcomed him and said, man, I'm glad you're here. What brought you? And this kid just said simply, you told me you love me. And that's what that kid needed to hear that day. And he told him, he went on to tell the leader, he said, I quit the gang. I'm here now. Showing love like that is exactly what Children's Cup is all about. We're here to give hope, to inspire dreams, and change worlds. Sometimes that hope just looks like a hug. Sometimes that hope means saying, I love you to a kid who may have never heard those words before. That's what hope is. We give hope, sometimes that hope starts with a meal. 2.2 million meals we'll get to serve in 2022. You've helped us serve, think about that number, 2.2 million meals. And every one of those meals is offering hope to kids. That's what this is all about. We're giving hope to these kids because we know when hope settles into these kids' hearts, they start to dream and they get to change their world from the inside out. We've seen these kids starting to change their worlds. This year, more than any other year before, we've had our kids out serving in the community. These kids are going out, pray for the elderly at nursing homes, picking up trash on the street, painting churches, doing great things, acts of kindness, showing love to their community. These kids have something to give. They're not just hopeless. They're not just people who don't have any future. No, they have hope, they have dreams, and they are changing their world. And that is why Children's Cup exists, to see them change their world from the inside out.
So Pastor Drew and Lauren and everybody at Lift Church, thank you for your friendship. Together, we're truly giving hope, inspiring dreams, and bringing out the world changer in these kids. Merry Christmas. That was beautiful. That little boy at the end, he gets me every time. I see some tears in my eyes. When Pastor Drew went to check out Belize and, and decide if we wanted to partner with them, I just remember getting the texts and the phone calls from him, and he was talking about it, and I just knew right then that I was going to go, and I was going to um, – on the next trip. And so I'm going in February. I'm super excited about that. And we also have some people bringing families with them. So think about that if you ever um, want to do a missions trip, that this one is available for families, and we will be doing more in the future. We have some exciting news about our, our building, Lift Church. Um, as you guys, you can go ahead and put that front entrance up. As you guys have seen, that's our front entrance. Um, that is the hope of where we're going to get. Right now we have the blue roof, and then all the other things will be added to that. We're, we're excited. I love the color. I love the pop of the lift church at the top. Um, if you can go ahead and go to the next screen. You've never seen this before. This is the when you first walk in the main yeah. entrance. We are super excited. It looks Come so on. good. Um, this is like our, one of our renderings of it. So on the left, I'm just going to walk you through it. On the left is our cafe. So we're going to offer free coffee like we do. And we're also hoping to offer um, fancy coffee specialty drinks, specialty drinks that you, you can purchase last, for that last service gave her a shout I out know because they were excited <laughs> for fancy drinks um a little espresso yes a little espresso to meet yes. somebody else and connect to them about jesus all right <laughs> i um, love it you're feeling it and then the next steps room right there is is glass and i'll tell you why it's glass it's, it's fun um, it's so that when people walk by, they can see people who are becoming part of our dream team, and then they'll yeah. get excited and say, hey, I want to become part of the dream Difference team. Difference makers up it's in fun. there. Yes. And then that little hallway right there, it leads to our bathrooms, but it's really cool because it's an area where you can sit with your friends, your family, and just hang out before church or after church. There'll be seats there and um, TVs. And then when you see that next black door, that is our nursing mom's rooms for anyone that needs to do that. We've struggled to do that well at a movie theater, so we're going to do that well. Come yes. On. And then straight down the hall, it's Lift Kids. Check that out. I love Let's that go. big blue wall. Uh, back there will be a secure kids kids area. And I like that because I like safety. Um, but they'll be secure. They'll, they'll get to learn about Jesus and be safe while doing it. And then if you come back to the front to the right, that little the little wall thing right there. The that, wall. I love that little so wall. So very technical with this. That was my idea um, because I saw it somewhere else. On, not a church, but somewhere. And I was like, can we do that? And Drew was like, I don't know. I think that's going to be super expensive. So I was like, come on. So I texted my dad, and dad said, well, maybe not as expensive, but time-consuming. And so I was like, okay, well, I can learn how to cut the things and do all the things. I will do it. I want to do come it. On. And then. <laughs> I need you to picture my wife with a hard hat on. Yes. Come on. Y'all pray. Need we need some help that. in this area, okay? <laughs> wow. You thought I was going to. Uh, anyway, so afterwards, I had someone come up to me, and he said, for my legacy offering, I'm going to make that right there. So how cool is that? God knows what he's doing. I love it. Take um, him inside the auditorium. Go ahead. No, hold, what, yes, I am. He's rushing me. Take him inside. <laughs> to the main auditorium through those doors, and you can go to the next picture. Are you ready? 
Yes, that's our main auditorium. It will seat 500 on the walls, our sound panels, and it will it will look even better than this. I'm excited. But we have, we, we couldn't leave the movie theater-style seating. We had to bring some of it with us. Yeah. So we have a little bit of elevation, a little bit of stadium seating right there. My favorite part is the top right corner. We're going to have on the walls what this place is to be used for. Come on, it's a place where God lifts you. You lift God and we lift others. Come on. That's what we, we just want to keep it all about him. Last thing. This week we have, well, our walls have gone up. You want to go ahead and show them that while I finish talking. Walls are all up now. And we will have our HVAC guys just brought in the stuff to start. And then our electric will start this week. So we are pumped about it. Yes, come on. We're looking to have a completion of this project around the end of June. And we're so excited about that. Can you all give it up for my wife helping me share some love and excitement about what's going on? And here's the reason we do this, especially um, if you haven't been here before, because... God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's, he's doing some amazing stuff. And as you get to know God, he'll transform your life in a way that you always wished you could do. Because he is the author and creator of your life. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. He has a design for you. He has, he, he's got dreams for you. And come on, it's bigger than we could ever ask, dream, or imagine. And so this is so much bigger than just us. It's about all humanity who God is in love with. He is absolutely in love with people. And so we need to share the message of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that when we receive this legacy offering today, that we're in good company with the three kings, okay? I started a series last week called Living Like Kings. Living like kings is really just a play on words because a lot of us want to live like kings and we know our culture wants to live like kings, but we're looking at the three kings. We three kings of Orient are uh, bearing gifts we traveled so far. We're looking at the three wise men trying to learn some discipleship principles that we should be applying in our life to be called kings. Now, I said this last week that... Those three wise men bearing gifts, bringing gifts from a far-off land to Jesus was a fulfillment of a prophecy echoed 200 years before Jesus was ever born when Isaiah 60 said, from far off distant lands, in a dark time, in a dark of all dark times, a bright light shall shine forth, and kings from distant lands will come bearing gifts for him. And I told you there's many different kings in the Bible. There's wretched kings, there's great kings, there's kings who aren't even kings, and then there's the king of kings, okay? And we need to focus on the king of kings, but these three wise kings, these three wise men, would go under the category of kings who aren't even kings. Matthew chapter 2 tells us that they were... Uh, um, they had access to nobility and kings because they were magi. And, and, and that basically means they were, we would have called them modern day scientists. They observed the stars. They observed nature. And they were so enthralled with the, the, the magnificent, the, the, the thorough design that God must be involved. And by the way, he's sending his son Jesus that they, we, we, we discussed, here's the principle number one, to live like a king, to live like a wise man. Here's 
principle number one. Come on. Kings leave their lands and they leave and they bring their gifts to honor the king of kings. And that is who God calls a king. Sure, other kings would come to Jerusalem seeking this king of kings, but they were the first ones. It's as if God was saying, this is who I call kings. It's not a monarch. It's not a birthright. It is people who decide to leave their old lands and bring the gifts they have to worship the king of kings. And that's who God identifies as a king. He calls his sons co-heirs with Christ. He calls it royalty in Revelations. He says to be priests and royalty. And so in Matthew chapter 2, I want to get into real quickly the second principle I see of living like kings. Matthew 2 says the wise men went their way after leaving King Herod. And they saw the star that they had once seen in the east that guided them to Bethlehem. And went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the, the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy because they knew we're heading the right direction. Verse 11, they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I, I, I want to, for a moment... Just for five more minutes, I want to emphasize one of those gifts. We don't use a ton of frankincense nowadays. We don't use a ton of myrrh nowadays. They had prophetic meaning. They had deeper meaning. They had divinity meaning, and they had embalming uh, uh, meaning, like they were prophesying his death to come. However, whether they were aware of it or not, however, one that we still use today is gold. And they brought gold to the king. And I want to show two quick principles of gold that will teach us something in our discipleship. Number one is this. The gold symbolized that there is proper honor for a king. Anyone who knows anything about royalty or leadership knows that you don't appear before a king without bearing gifts. And so they left their lands, and they did it at great sacrifice and cost, and yet they realized, I'm not showing up empty-handed. Uh, um, uh, about in 2018, Pastor JT and I went to Ghana, Africa for the first time, and I was introduced to the way they live, which they still have tribes, and every tribe has a chief. And so we wanted to go reach an all-Muslim tribe over there, and in order to go in and talk about Jesus, we first had to get permission from the chief. And the first thing our guide says is the last thing you do is show up before a chief without a gift. It's a sign of disrespect. It's a sign of belittlement if you don't carry a gift. And so this is a picture I took in one tribe we went to where we got to meet the chief. And they're going to leave it up there a second. I want you to see that I'm on the left sitting up as straight as, as I can trying to act all noble and such. And I got my camera on the right kind of trying to get me a little panorama of what's going on. Come on. A little ninja action on the uh, on the missions field right here. Come on. <laughs> Our guy. John is actually, if he's still with us online, sitting right there going, you good, bro? You all right. You can breathe. Because Pastor JT is next to me. He ain't breathing. Okay. Anyway, I want you to see that no matter whether it looks um, prestigious or if it looks humble, one thing they don't fail to do is honor their chief. 
And so they have them on a podium, and we brought a gift. Now, this was a minister. Uh, this was a tribe that the people I had gone on the trip with had previously told about Jesus Christ. And they said, you have already brought us the greatest gift of all, the revelation of who the Son of God is, Jesus Christ. And we wanted to honor you guys when you showed up. And so they put that red and, and, and white scarf on me and JT and called us princes of this tribe. Come on, y'all. I'm like rolling through Ghana now with my little cloth going, here comes a prince coming through. And what I noticed is I was given a gift I didn't even earn. I might have prayed for them. I might have sowed into them. But honestly, I was just getting involved with this ministry. And God's that way too. He gives us gifts that we never even earned in the first place. And so the least we can do is not appear before the king without bearing gifts. And so that's one thing that I believe that the, the gold symbolized. The second thing is this, purity. And I don't need to tell you this. Many of you already know that gold is one of the most purest substances. In fact, in fact for, it to highest, for it to have its highest value, they run it through a refining process, which is they take the raw material and they heat it up extra hot so that the gold melts down and gets separated from the dirt, from the debris, from the junk from the stuff that has no value. And I want you to see that I don't know if the wise men were aware of it or not, but they were bringing a king, uh, the king a, a gift that was saying, I believe that you are the purest thing that has ever entered the land of earth. You are the epitome of purity. Not only that, they were saying with these three kings with their gifts, they were saying they were acknowledging his ability to refine us. You are the one who can take out the darkness, the debris, the junk, the shame, the dirt, the filth, the things that hold me in bondage, the stuff that holds me back. You are the one who can separate what is valuable from the stuff I have messed up. He is the king of kings. And we bring, when we bring Jesus our gold today, when we bring him our offering today, we remember how he'll take our gold and he'll use it to purify other people's hearts towards God. Come on, listen. Here's living like a king principle number two. The second one on the second week. Kings only worry about the legacy of the king of kings. I said all that to say this. Kings only worry about the legacy of the king of kings. Guys, let's look at the wise men. They have never been mentioned before Matthew chapter 2, and they're never mentioned again after Matthew chapter 2. In other words, they weren't saying, I'm doing this to build my legacy. They're saying, I don't even care if you know our first names. Come on. There's even, they're, they're not even sure if it was three of them. They only speculate that because they brought three different gifts. They didn't care if they understood the number. They didn't care if they understood the names. They said the only only name that matters is the one that we bear gifts towards so that you recognize that the king of kings is the name above every name. And I don't need you to remember my name. I need you to remember his name because his name changes things. His name is hope. His name means forgiveness. His name is the name that has to go on forever. Guys, think about it. If this world continues for another thousand years, let's be honest. They're not going to remember our name. They're not going to remember Lift's name. That's not, that's not what's important. 
How many of y'all know your great-great-great-grandfather's name? I didn't think so. Come on. There were about there, there were about 5% like, I know that. And that's because you do lineage and ancestry studies, and that's pretty cool. My mom's gotten into that, and she starts doing this crafting stuff, and she sits down with excitement and passion, and she goes, Drew, I just want to tell you about your great, 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 great grandfather who lived in the Carolinas and was a Baptist preacher too. So you come through a lineage of, of preachers. I'm like, okay, Mom, what's the name? I don't remember his name. Because our names will be forgotten. But a thousand years from now, the name that can never be forgotten. And the name that changes everything is the name above all names. His name is Jesus Christ. And when we give, what we are saying is, I'm willing to give from my estate. I'm willing to give from my name. I'm willing to give from my gifts. I'm willing to give from wherever God's got me. No matter the measure, I'm just willing to build His name. And so, as we get prepared to give today... Come on. One last scripture, James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord. He'll lift you up. And we don't build God's legacy because we want him to build ours. Yet when we build his legacy, he makes our story worth telling. These wise kings had no story worth telling had they not brought a gift to the king of kings. Otherwise, they're nameless and they're fine being that way. Let's just bring God our best gift when we do that because it's all about his name. If you want to give today, there's three ways to give. Let me first say this, that if you want to give in the legacy offering today, which is a a, a unique once-a-year offering, we're going to receive that right now together, okay? So when we, um, one of the ways you can give is by using the envelope you have right here. And if you would just make sure you denote legacy when you fill it out. Um, Or if you're given a check, you just write legacy on there. And our hosts will pass uh, uh, an offering in just a minute. Or if you'd like to give online, you can give uh, cash or stock options on um, text to give or online. Okay? And text to give, you just text the number you want to give to the number 84321 and add the word legacy. So in other words, if you want to give $500 to that, you write 500 legacy, and it will definitely go to that. If you give online, make sure that you go to liftsby.com slash legacy and make sure the drop-down box is on legacy. 100% of this offering is going to build five things. Local missions, national missions, global missions, Lift College, and our new church home, the building fund of Lift Church, which I believe is going to traject the other four exponentially. Come on. Okay, if you brought your regular giving and you'd like to give that as well, please do that in our typical ways, which is you can also use text to give and online. But after the experience, there are kiosks in the hallway. Pastor Aaron will tell you about that. But I want to pray over you as we prepare to give. Father, your word says that you use our humble offerings to multiply like fish and loaves, to feed hungry people, to bring the message of the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. Father, we want to be difference makers right here for not our name, for not our church's name, but for the name that's above every name. And Father, as we give today, let it go to blessing um, uh, more people to know the name of Jesus Christ, giving their life to you. Father, your word says that you'll rebuke the devourer over 
are givers. And so, Father, I pray blessings over their finances. I pray blessings over their health. I pray blessings over their careers. I pray blessings over their life, Father God, because, Lord, we just want to be living like kings, bringing you the best we got. It's not about an amount. It's just about an obedience. And so in Jesus' name, receive your gift that we bring you today. And we trust that you'll make heaven bigger and hell smaller in Jesus' name. Come on, host, you can go ahead and take this morning's offering as we worship.
we often don't feel qualified as a gift. We feel lesser than, we've screwed up, we got mistakes. It's like giving a broken gift to someone. You're like, Pastor Drew, you already said you don't show up before a king empty-handed. I am no true treasure or gift, and I want to disagree with you. As we were singing this song, it reminds me of what the scripture it comes from. That is that Jesus once asked his disciples, hey, who do people say that I am? And they, they said, well, they say you're a teacher, like you're, you're a professor, like you're a really good guy, you're a rabbi. Some people say you're a prophet, that's not bad. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter stood up and he said, I believe you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, God, God himself gave you that revelation. Come on. And upon that declaration, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Here's the good news that means for you and I. You are valuable in God's eyes. He loves you. He knows that we live in a fallen world, a world where we cause mistakes and we have been hurt by other people's mistakes. He's aware that there's an enemy who's living and breathing, looking to devour and sift anybody he possibly can. He's looking to add hurts and bondage and heartache. He's looking to cause sin, confusion, and chaos. He's looking to mess up the plans of God. And I need you to understand that whether we mess those up, whether we've been hurt by others who's messed them up, in the darkest of places, Isaiah said, there will come a light bright enough to extinguish the dark. I want you to think about your heart right now. If you're like, Pastor Drew, that light's pretty dim in my life or it's kind of dark on the inside talked to one gentleman this morning who said, Pastor Drew, it's dark on the inside. And you know what he asked for? He said, today, I'm going to give my life to Christ believing that the sun, the, 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 the light is going to burst forth and dawn a brand new day. Come on. He can do it in your life too. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you and I'm not going to call you forward. But the most important gift that you can give him is yourself. Jesus willingly put on flesh. They called him Emmanuel, meaning God with us, so that he would eventually take the cross as an innocent person. He took a condemned cross and execution for a guilty person. In other words, he put on guilt in place of innocence so that you can put on innocence in place of guilt through the name of Jesus. If you are in this place today or if you're listening to the sound of my voice online and you say, Pastor Drew, today I must get right with God. I know I am a sinner. I've made some mistakes, but I want to ask God to forgive me and I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Come on, raise your hand high up into the sky real quick, just long enough for me to see, most importantly for heaven to see, and then you can put it back down. Come on, we see hands. There's hands all around this room. If you're online, you say, that's me, Pastor Drew. Include me too. I'm encouraging you to write it in the chat, but most importantly, just say in your heart, Pastor Drew, I'm in too, and I give my life to Jesus Christ today. Together as a church, we're going to pray along with you, but here's the kicker. I can't make you believe these words. There is no power in some sort of religious just repeating the words I say. 
There is power, though, if you believe every word you repeat after me. So come on, together as a church, especially to those who are making their confession today, say, Jesus, I give you my life. I know I'm a sinner. I've made a lot of mistakes. I know I've hurt you, and I ask you to forgive me. Jesus Christ, I believe you're the Son of God. I know you took the cross. You were beaten and bruised, and you bled to cover up my sin. You give me forgiveness today. I get to start all over again, and I am a new person. Father, I commit to use this fresh start to glorify Jesus first and foremost. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the church said, amen. Come on, let's celebrate with our new brothers and sisters in Christ.